chillin', this is chillin', what more can I say, top billin'. What up everybody, this your boy Bill Bellamy, and this is Top Billin', the number one podcast for the culture, the movement, and the discussion. We're doing an exclusive here from Chicago, Illinois, one of my favorite cities. Um, this weekend, I am performing here at the Erie Crown, and I wanted to invite to the show some of my favorite comedians, guys that I love, guys that have been in the game, veterans. And my special guest, <laughs> my special guest today, is AKA nephew Tommy. Thomas Miles, a.k.a. Super Kappa, Super Real. This man has been one of my boys forever, ever. Never, ever had a problem. 150 grand. This is my man. Give it up for <laughs> nephew Tommy in the building. Thank you. Thank you. You hear this voice every morning on the Steve Harvey Morning Show. <laughs> nephew Tommy, let's get to it. Let's get in it, listen, baby. Listen, man. Let me tell you something. Let me give you your flowers. All right. Let me give you your flowers, right? You are probably... One of the funniest comedians I've ever seen perform live, yet underrated. And why I'm going to say this, because people don't know how funny you are till they see you. Right. They hear you. They don't even know prank calls. Y'all got to understand. <laughs> Nobody on the entire planet can do prank calls better than goddamn nephew Tommy. <laughs> nephew Tommy, has life has been threatened. He has, come over here then. If you're talking about it, come get it then. I'm going to come see you. Well, come on. Like, your prank calls are so authentically funny, bro. Thank and you, And people don't even know unless you listen to Stephen Harvey Money uh, Morning Show. First of all, shout out to my boy Steve Harvey. Shout out to Shirley. Shout out to the team. But shout out to the team. I want to say this right quick. How in the fuck did you come up with them prank calls, bro? All right. <laughs> so I didn't come up with them. Okay. All right. But I, I got invited. I got invited to go be on a compilation album that Ricky Smiley was putting together. Okay. And uh I went down to I went down to Alabama, hit a bunch of comedians, and every person was supposed to do one prank phone call. Okay. So I go do a prank and uh, with Ricky. And we had a bunch of fun that entire weekend. Cool cat, you already know that. And um come back to LA, Steve is there, and he's like, Fuck your ass, Ben. <laughs> I say I've been, uh, I've been, I've been went and hung out with Ricky. We did a, you know, this whole compilation of prank phone calls. I say he say that's what the fuck your ass need to be doing. Do your own fucking prank phone calls. I said, yeah, we could do that. He say just give it a try. So I tried. I do about two or three pranks. It's crazy. Bring them to him. He we put them on the air. He fell in love with them. And then he say now I want five of them every motherfucking week. I said, dude, that shit was hard. That, right. that shit is hard. You know, I mean? you know how many people that hung up on me and shit? He was like, nah, I want five. He made me do five every week for probably three, four, five years. So now I got over 300 and some prank phone calls. Bro. And had no earthly idea it that I would be up. called the king of pranks. I had no idea. Bro, let me tell you what I love about, if you listen to the Steve Morning Show, Steve Mo Steve Harvey Morning Show, outside of Steve, who's my big bro and my guy, that prank call shit is so crazy because people really buy into it. Yeah. Like, it feels like you know something about them and you use it and you turn it yes. on. Yeah. You ask, you ask for a refrigerator. Don't get mad at me. You ask for a refrigerator. We gonna bring it right now. It's four in the morning. Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah. And they, well, motherfucker, I told you I want no goddamn refrigerator. And you just keep digging. Stay on it. When do you say I think 
this is there's a line you can go over that line a little bit right but when it's something that they're passionate about right <laughs> and especially if it's their kids right you call a man about his wife right they then the filter is off. Them motherfuckers is coming. They're going. They're, they're going. going. So you got to get to the point where, okay, don't let this motherfucker have a heart attack. Right, shit, right, right. You know, so you got to get to that line. But it's so much fun, man. I haven't done I'm getting ready to do another uh, CD where it's going to be about 12, 13 different pranks. Because it's, you know, I haven't done it in yet. Everybody knows my voice. So I got to be clever as fuck now. Yeah. And you got to have the subject matter that gets it going. It's, it's going to, to, when they're not even thinking about who is this. They just they just get it's, on the hook. You get them on the hook. You're hitting them with some shit that's that's passionate to them. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, man. So I got a question for you. I w- always wanted to ask you this. Um, for everybody who's tuning in and listening to uh, Top Billing, I am talking to my special guest, nephew Tommy, aka Thomas Miles, <laughs> Mister 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 Funny. How did you become a comedian? I never asked you that. You know what, man? You know I studied theater at Texas A&M. Okay. Okay. Theater major. And uh, in the summertime, I would come home and, and work, and I was cutting yards mm-hmm. with, a, with a cousin of mine. I was cutting yards, Nathan Williams. And he talked me into, you know, you should go do um, amateur night and do some stand-up. I was like, nah, nah, I'm a thespian. You know, I, I, <laughs> I do, do theater. I, don't, I do theater. You know, right, right, to right, be right. or not to be, that is the question. Whether to be noble in the mind, to suffer the slings and arrows of outrageous fault, and take arms against the sea of troubles, and by opposing in them to die, to sleep, to sleep, perchance to dream. Aye, there's the rub. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was that dude. You was that you know? guy. Right, I right. was Othello. I was King Lear. I was doing all of that. And in the summer, when we cut yards, he said, no, you should go try it. So I, I went and tried uh, amateur night. In Houston, Texas. Okay. At a Ramada Inn. No, not the Ramada. Ramada Inn, hosted and, and owned by, the, the, that particular night, owned by Rushan McDonald. Right? No way. Yeah. Shout so out I go to in, I go in, I go in, and I uh, I do this little amateur thing. And after the amateurs are done, then, you know, the, the pros come up and finish the night out. So I win the amateur night. And I just kept coming back. And Rushan was like, hey, dog, don't you know what, dog? You, you, you got some, dog. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> dog, you, dog, dog, you got oh some, dog. God, dog, dog come back time. next week, man. Put you on stay. We'll give you five minutes. And I kept coming back, Bill. And I kept coming back. And the next thing you know, you know, um, uh, every summer, um, I'm hitting it. I'm hitting it. And um, I, I, I started, I got BT. Yeah. Showtime at the Apollo. Mm-hmm. And then the next thing I know, years later, I'm opening up for Luther Vandross. For three freaking years, I'm opening for Luther. And I'm like, oh, shit. So Luther takes me to, uh, uh, let me tell you about that story. <laughs> let me tell you, what's the brother out of Detroit, man? He had his, he, he was, he was, he was um, oh, my God, what's his name? Comedian? Comedian. Mike Bonner? No, keep going. Out of Detroit? Out of Detroit. Tony Roberts? No. Uh, 90s? 90s. Oh, shit. Uh, who do I know out of Detroit in the 90s? So he was, this cat was opening for Luther, right? He was opening for Luther. And I, at, at this time, I was doing stage plays, mm-hmm. right? And, and the, um, the crew is who I always hung out with. I always hung out with the crew. One of the crew members uh, is connected with the guy that advances the shows for Luther Vandross. He says, hey man, didn't y'all tell me Tom, Thomas uh, is the stand-up? Mm-hmm. And he says, yeah, 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 yeah. He says, well listen, 
we got a slot for him. This guy that opens for Luke is going to be out for about a week. And I was like, whoa. So I send my VHS tape. You know how far oh back that was. God. I send my VHS tape. He probably had soap operas on it. Oh, shit. shit. <laughs> and, 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 and Luther and his Luther and his manager watched the tape. And next thing he says, hey, we, we'll, 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 we'll use him. So, man, they, 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 they use me, man. I, I can't, I never forget. I'm in Rochester, New York, trying to buy a suit and shit. And I'm opening up for Luther, man. I open up and do 15 minutes uh, in front of Luther, man. I come back and I'm crying on stage. I'm like, dude, I just opened up for the baddest motherfucker in the world. People man. don't know that feeling, Woo! bro. Let me tell you something. That <laughs> moment you just triggered me, man. Because that is for a comedian. Yep. That's our first taste of feeling what it's a star like. Are you the type that knows you don't have to sacrifice comfort for quality? Someone who lives large in life and in the bedroom. And when it comes to some things, size makes all the difference. Take your pleasure to the next level with the new Magnum Raw Condom. The thinnest Magnum Condom with a wider contour shape for added comfort. New Magnum Raw, the thinnest Magnum Condom yet. It's specially designed to provide heightened sensitivity and comfort. That's more sensation for you and your partner, providing a more natural feel. Now that's big time. More natural feeling, same premium quality latex to help reduce the risk of pregnancy and STIs. So when you need pleasure and protection in a large size, reach for that unmistakable gold wrapper. Live large and now thinner than ever. With new Magnum Raw Condoms, the thinnest Magnum condom available where condoms are sold. I'm going to tell you something. My first, like, tour like that or whatever was with the OJs. Oh, shit. And oh. I'll never forget. It was OJ. It was R Regina Bell mm -hmm. and the OJs, right? And Eddie LeVert is my friend to this day. Bad he boy. said, young man, <laughs> I'm going to tell you, you be professional, you do your time, and when I do this, it's cut. Yeah. <laughs> when they do this, don't want to hear shit else. Don't don't say another goddamn thing. Woo. Bring up the act, right? So so we're like, we get to do our stuff and then we feel we're a filler, you know what I mean? Yep. Until the band gets set up when they, you know, they putting stuff and switching and whatever. And but, you gotta work through all that. Yeah. That, all yo, that sound and shit. Yo, the, the drummer just fell, you gotta act like <laughs> You all right? You all right? You all right, Steve? Hey man, I just tripped. They got wires back here. Like we 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 go through all that. Man, what a feeling. Because I remember going, when I become a star, yep. I want to have um, this kind of feeling. Because I remember, like, they always wore nice suits. Yep. Like, Luther always had wardrobe. I remember um, going to uh, interview Luther Vandross back then, and he was on tour with Invoke. Mm -hmm. And uh, I didn't. I never saw cases of wardrobe before. Do you remember this? Oh, do. Remember, the, like, I didn't know that they have wardrobe, wardrobe. Like, they have a big box, and it opens up, and there's suits in there, like... It looks like a Broadway production. Yeah! Yes. I had never seen that yes. before. And, uh, you know, I was like, you know, I always tried to be, like, wear a suit and look fly, whatever, because, like, if I knew I was doing a show with a with an act that dress up, I I was clean. Yeah. Because I wanted to look like them, like, kind of... You, 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 you're supposed to. Yeah. That's the job. That's you're supposed the job. to. Yeah. Fit, fit the profile. Fit the... Fit the program. You know what I mean? And um, but man, listen, so I'm out there with um I'm I, I do that, I do that one night, and then at the end of the week, at the end of the week, the tour manager comes to me and says, uh, hey kid, boss wants to keep you. Oh, I said, what? It's the best feeling in the he world. He said, boss wants to keep you. He said, I said, and I'm telling him, I said, what about the um the other dude? He said, Do you keep a you 
You you care about the other? I said, man, I don't even know that motherfucker. I don't motherfucker, know that man. motherfucker. I don't know that motherfucker <laughs> at all, bro. <laughs> and the next thing I know, I am on the road with Luther Vandross. Oh, my God. I am on the road with Luther Vandross, and I am touring the freaking country. Do you know how many people you are in front of <laughs> as a young cat coming up? Yes. Yo, that's... Bro, for everybody that's watching this and listen, that is like... Uh, for us as comedians, that is so woo. dope because we... We don't get a taste of that at where we are in our careers, but we get a taste of that because somebody blessed us to be on the stage. So you utilize that opportunity. Yes. And so you go on, how many dates you think you do you remember how long you were Dude, out we with did him? Three years. Three years with Luther? Three years. And then he was getting ready oh, to go. Dope. And then and then uh in the in the latter part of the third year, he's getting ready to go to Europe. Mm -hmm. And I was like, ah, he ain't gonna take me to Europe. He'll, he'll grab a comic, yeah. an opening act over there. To a manager again, hey. So now you get to go to Europe. Boss is taking you with us. I was like, no shit. I'm going to Europe. And dude, I, I had no earthly idea. This is, let me tell you when this was. This is when anthrax was going on. Remember that shit? In, in the little envelopes. Yes, in the envelopes. Every time I got from some shit in the mail, I was like, oh, yeah. Lord, that's it. <laughs> I was, everybody was this shook. Was, we so, thought we were getting it. So, dude, I'm on the plane headed to London. Scared as shit. I wouldn't even go to sleep. I'm just looking at everybody moving around because, you know, I was paranoid at that time. Yeah. Get to London, and I'm always, I'm always hanging out with the band when it was the Luther crew. I mean, with the band. And the drummer and I, uh, uh, Ivan Hamden, bad motherfucker, uh, he comes up to me and says, hey, man, got your shit together? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do my shit. He's like, you can't do that country shit you've been doing over in the States. I'm like, what the fuck you what? talking about? He's like, you got to write a new set, nigga. I was like, are you serious? He said, you need a new set. That shit that's funny over there ain't funny over here. Oh, shit. And now, Bill, it just fucked up my whole, <laughs> my whole trip. Like, you're like, I got my one, two, three, and four. Oh, people don't know that. Dog, I got, and, and, and in front, and when you open it for Luther, everything is clean. Yeah. There's no profanity. No, at all. Everything is clean. I'm tuxedo. I'm, I'm black on black all the way. I'm, I'm clean as shit. So I'm like, we got two days for showtime. I'm like, oh my God. So dude, I grab, I grab a, a notepad and a pen, and I am walking through London. Writing. Writing my ass oh off, my man. Oh my God. Because I got to do 20. At 7 o'clock, you got to be popping. Dude, I got, <laughs> I need a new 20, man. Wow. So I'm like, okay. So dude, first night, got about. 50, 60% standing old. You know mm, what I'm saying? Right. I'm, I'm there, and then Luther, I come, and I'm passing Luther. He's like, how you do? I was like, I'm a, I, I ain't got all of them yet. <laughs> I ain't got, I want, yo, I want, they, I want, you I want had, yo, you got to figure it out. Yeah, I, I want you, all these motherfuckers on their feet, you know? Got you. So, man, next night, bam, knocked it out the park. 20 minutes on the dot, right? Right. And Luther say, you got him now. I said, I got him for 20. You had to figure it out. I told him, I said, I got him for 20. Mm -hmm. But if you late... I'm fucked. I ain't got. I ain't got 22. 25 is gonna get blue. <laughs> but but we killed it. Came back to the states. Yeah. Luther says we going on hiatus. I'm gonna write a new album. And when we come back, when we come back, we coming back hard. So I go to Hollywood. I'm staying at a crash pad. One of my boys. You know, a couple of actors. You got like 
four, five guys in a two-bedroom. People don't know the hustle. Dude, you got, when you open up the, the fridge, you got stickies on everything. If your name that's on, my milk, if that name, If your name ain't on that shit, yeah, that ain't right, your shit. Yeah, that ain't your shit. You know, <laughs> I'm sleeping on the floor with a pillow and a blanket. And every time I would come to town, I would call Rashawn McDonald and right. say, yo, I'm in town, man. And he was writing for everything. He was writing for Sister Sister, the Parkers. And every I go get a, I do an audition. I would get a guest starring role, mm -hmm. you know. This time I called motherfucker and I said, yo, I'm in town. I'm in town for a minute till, till Luther, you know. He said, I got something for you. He said, I want you to come down here and, and talk shit with Steve on the radio the way y'all do when y'all hanging out. I was like, oh. I was like, all right. I said, what time? He said, five. I said, Rashawn, I said, he said, five o'clock. I said, all right, cool. I'm going to get there. You know, I'm going to eat dinner early. He said, no, 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 motherfucker. In the morning. I said, you're bullshitting. <laughs> I said, we shoot dice till three in the morning around this motherfucker, man. Right. I said, five in the morning? He said, yeah. I go talk shit, Bill, for a week on the radio with Steve. It's a rap. It's a fucking rap. It's a home run. And and the next thing you know, I am on the air every single day. And I tell Rashawn and Steve, I said, listen, I can keep fucking with y'all. But when Luther called, I'm gone. I got to go. I can't be playing with y'all on the radio. No, I'm not I doing this radio do. thing. I, you know what I mean? I'm about to go to London. Dude. Copenhagen. I got shit to do. <laughs> Bill Luther died. Whoa. God gave me a job before I even knew I needed one. Before I even knew I needed one. Yeah, let's get it. Let's, let's, let's. We can't let that go. Let's not let that. Oh, yeah, that's that's powerful. And here it is that's... 22 years later. Easy. I'm still on the radio. Bro, bro, let me tell you something, man. <laughs> that, that, that's emotional. That That is a beautiful thing you just said. You acknowledging the gift, the blessing that came upon yeah. you, right? And that's a lot of times in our lives, like, you know, we don't know why things happen, good or bad, right? Right. But. How could you didn't foresee that? No, never. But the beauty is Rushan is right there just ushering you in the game, yep. ushering you and believing in you before you believe to your, in yourself in to that level, right? That's right. You, you ain't seen no radio. No. You trying to be an actor. You trying to do this. You trying to do this. You on the road, blah, blah, blah. You come around. You come around to an opportunity that's changed your entire My life. My entire life, man. You're in front of people Every morning. Nine million plus. Nine million people listen to you guys every morning. I'm one of those people on the Steve Harvey Morning Show. You guys have insightful conversation. You do issues on health. You do issues in the community. Y'all have a camaraderie is that is incredible. Like It's like I'm listening to my family members. Like Steve is like my my big brother. You my my cousin. Yep. You got uh, yep. uh, Shirley Collins. Shirley. Yeah. <laughs> I get to come on every now and then and, and, and kick in with you guys. How did y'all um, get your chemistry down? Was it just, did it, is it over time? Because it just seems so You know what, man? The chemistry, the chemistry goes way back when we were all in the studio together. Mm -hmm. And over, over the course of so many years, now you fast forward, we're not even in the same city. We're not in the same room. I'm in a studio in my house. Steve is in a studio in his house. The rest of the crew, they're all in their own homes. Mm -hmm. But we've been together so long. Y'all got it. That we could just close our eyes and talk to each other. You know what I'm saying? It's just, it's just it's like magic. Clock. It's magic, man. It's magic. So do you, do you, when you, um, 
when the, when you say radio is like your home base, it's your gift that God gave you and you've done it for over 20 years. But when I see you on stage as a comedian, to me, I feel like not only are you happy doing that, you have something to prove. Yeah. You go so hard. Like, I remember the first time I saw you, you you do all these different changes in characters. Oh, right? shit. Bro, and I was like, I didn't even know you had it like that. Yeah. And that goes back to the acting. Yeah. Bro, you got so many characters. Like, people need to listen to me. If nephew Tommy comes to your city, <laughs> go see. you. It's like going to see Charlie Wilson. You go see Charlie Wilson, you going to see Charlie Wilson. Every time you motherfucker come, the oh, Charlie Wilson shit. show is so goddamn good, you be like, God damn, Charlie. God damn, nephew. But li literally, I'm uh, giving you a flowers, man. You are incredible. Thank you, brother. Incredible talent. And I feel like... So let me, let me let me jump in for a second. Go. So man, I you know I I've, I've held off so long, mm -hmm. and and I um I am now and I and my my real manager who was my, one of my best friends, Avery Williams. Mm -hmm. uh, we've made we've just you know how you got to make yourself do something. Okay. So February, man, I am making myself film my show because I I haven't I haven't shot a special in over ten years. I've only shot one, and I only and I only had one shot at it. It was only one show. No, it's time. Most people shoot a show, and it's like you get a whole weekend of rolling the camera, and right. you get you take the best shit. Right. I just had one shot. This time I'm shooting. We're that doing shit. it the right way. I'm shooting that shit, man, and uh, and I'm titling it "Life After 50. And, oh, that's a good time. Oh, man. Life After 50. because <laughs> fifty fucking me up. Yep. <laughs> fifty on your ass. So. What you don't know, and I and I and I, and I, I don't know if you know my story mm -hmm. here lately, but you know I got it. You know I have a reality show. Yes, I do know. That. Ready to love, and man, I am. Um, I'm at my tenth season now. Mm -hmm. Ready to love, and man, uh, last year 20, 2022, um, I'm trying to. I, I call myself trying to, trying to sprint. I want to sprint. You know what I'm saying? Okay. I want to sprint. So I got my trainer and shit. I was like, dude, I just want to, you know, I want to, you know, because I ran track in school, in okay. high school. I said, I just want to get out and be able to run, you know, a, a, a good-ass sprint. Because one thing Deion Sanders told me one time, he said, ain't no fat sprinters. At all. Ain't no fat sprinters. I've never seen a fat gotta, sprinter in my whole there's life. There's no fat sprinters. Mm -hmm. So if you can sprint, if that's your workout, you're going to forever be fit and trim, right? Mm -hmm. So, man, so uh, my trainer gets me a stretcher to stretch me. And while he's stretching me, he's pulling on me and pulling on me. But he pushes my neck and he's pulling my arm. And he said, yo, dude, way down in your neck, there's a little lump in there. I was like, all right, all right. So I'm the kind of dude, Bill, once somebody tell me some shit about my body, mm -hmm. I'm listening. Okay. So I go to the doctor. And my doctor, uh, she, she, she presses on. She says, eh, you know, maybe you pull a muscle or something. She said, but let's be sure. And uh, I said, all right. So she said, I'm going to send you to a uh, ear, nose, and throat doctor, ENT. I said, all right, go ahead. Cool. So now, mind you now, when they send you to another doctor, it's, it's three, four weeks before you Waiting. can get in. Yeah. So I go to the ENT, man, and he drains whatever that is, draining it, and coming inside, inside that tube, it's, the shit is brown. I said, what the fuck is that? He's like, ah, oh, it's probably a cyst, you know. He said, but let's be sure. Sends me to another doctor. He said, now we're going to get a biopsy. Damn. Dude, I'm following the fucking trail, though. And uh, get the biopsy. And then I don't hear shit. So now I'm in Miami shooting my show, ready to love. 
And it's my birthday, May 18th. So my wife is with me. We hanging out. She's on set with me. I'm bringing on camera. And we're in the makeup chair. And I get a phone call. It's the doctor. And he says, you got thyroid cancer. And dude, I'm fucked up, man. Right. I'm fucked up, dude. And I go tell my, my and I walk in, my wife's getting her makeup done, and she sees my face. Oh my goodness. And she says, something's wrong. Woo. So, dude, we go in the bathroom and close the door. And I just break me. Yeah. I just, and she's holding me. She can't fucking believe what I'm telling her. Right. So, man, that was May 18th. August 24th, I go have surgery. And I get the bad, I get the Michael Jordan of fucking thyroid. I get the right. baddest motherfucker they got. Right. MD Anderson, incredible. They took care of me uh, in Houston, Texas. And um, uh, they tell me it's going to be four-hour surgery, right? And uh, I tell my wife when I close my eyes, I say, listen, when I, close, when I open my eyes, I just want to see you when I, when I open these motherfuckers back right, up. Right, right. <laughs> and um, my four-hour surgery, they, they remove my thyroid, but while they're in there, they notice that there is more cancer in my esophagus. So my motherfucking four-hour surgery goes to nine hours because they got to clean all that shit out. What? Wake up, see my wife. She says, it's gone. All of it. I said, no shit. She said, but. I said, what the fuck is the but? Right. And she says, you got a trach in your throat. So now... I am literally breathing out of my neck, dude. You know what I'm saying? Dude, Come this on, is bro. This last year, man. This last year. So now, uh, oh my God. Leave the your hospital. Your voice is everything. Your voice is your money. It's my money, dude. It's my money. Bro. So so for three to four weeks, I got a trach. And they removed the trach. And now here I am. What are we? We're in the month of October. And I am back 100% cancer-free. I had no idea, you know. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> oh, my goodness, T. Yeah. We need that. I had no idea that I oh. would be, you know, a spokesperson for cancer, man. So I Cancer came, survivor. Cancer survivor, man. And I came up while I was, while I was laying there in that hospital. I came up with this, this slogan, don't cancer me out. And That's gangster. I told that shit to Steve. He said, don't say that shit no more till you get it trade. Yeah, exactly. He said, trademark that shit. And I got it trademarked. So now, don't if you go to don'tcancermeout.com, you can, if you if you have a loved one or you mm -hmm. if anybody going through cancer or been through it, every every um ribbon is a different color. Wow. And it specializes what particular cancer that is. Mm -hmm. So if you go to my website, don't cancer me out, uh, whether it's prostate, whether it's breast cancer, there's a you can pick which one you want. Wow. Put it on a hoodie, put it on a t-shirt, give it to the loved one or yourself or whoever's going through it. And it's just a way of encouragement, man, to uh to, to not be counted out, man. You know what's so crazy when I'm listening to this? It's like the blessing of this was you wanting to sprint. Yeah. Because <laughs> had you not did that, yeah. you might not have discovered Nothing. what you needed to discover to help yourself. And you and you know Damn. what the doctor told me, man? He said, that's been there at least 10 years. I said, are you serious? He said, it's- No pain, no nothing. 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 They say some people 
go their whole lives and never know. Because it is the slowest. I, I never heard any, any a doctor tell me some shit that really freaked me out. He said, you got the best cancer to have. What? Like, what? He said, you got the best one. Because it is the slowest shit in the world. It is the snail's pace of a cancer. It is the slowest thing. So did you have to go through the uh, chemo thing? And no the- chemo, no radiation. Bill, it's fucking gone. It's gone. And you talking? I'm working. Working. <laughs> Prank calling motherfuckers. <laughs> Man, let me say something. I got a brown pause there. That's, that's crazy. That's crazy. And and here's the thing. Here, here, here's the thing that's so prolific about, about what you said. And... You know, um, we're entertainers, right? Yep. You know, we get paid to entertain. We get in, we get paid to make people feel good and forget about their own personal struggles. But people don't realize that we go through stuff. A lot. Like, a lot. Like, that is crazy, right? Your family, you think about your mor- mortality. Yeah. You know, I lost my mom, my dad, my brother. Like, like, I went through back to back to back. It was traumatic, bro. Yeah. And, like, yeah, and still, we push through, right? We want to um, we want to make people feel good, yeah. and that's a blessing that we, we have. Gestures, right? You know what you I know? mean. Like, I remember another comedian said this shit to me, and it fucked me up because when my brother passed away, I had a sold out at two sold out shows in Hartford, Connecticut. I never forget it. And um, that afternoon, my brother passed away, right? And I I was done with comedy. Mm-hmm. I didn't know I could do a joke. I didn't know what my night was gonna be. And so all my boys came to my room. It was about eight of us in the room. We all like, yo, B, what we doing? What you want to do? Whatever. And I was like, man, I don't give a fuck about life right now. I'm done, right? And one of the guys said, man, you know, people don't pay for your pain. Mm. They pay to be entertained. I don't know what it was about that shit, (laughs) but it gave me something. He said, listen, B, man, people don't don't know that part of you. They don't know. They, They need you. Exactly. And I was like, damn. Yep. So I felt an obligation to um, like put that in my mind somehow, like put it in a pocket over here and then put my helmet on to go forward yep. and do that. And it was actually really good for me because it gave me a moment to like not feel that pain and like mm-hmm. exude energy in a different way. Yep. So when you were going through that, did you think that you would never be able to do comedy again? Or did you say, I'm fighting to get back so I can do it? I wanted to get back. Mm-hmm. I wanted to get back. I just I just wanted my voice. Yes. That was, I just wanted my voice. I wanted to be able to talk. Um, I just wanted regular life. And uh, and I promised God, man, you let me you let me get through this. We good. We good, bro. Yeah. We good. And I'm I'm gonna stand and deliver every freaking time you let me grab that microphone. <laughs> you can't even mess with those. <laughs> hey dude, that's hunger right there. Like that energy right there is undefeated, right? Man. We we do need that, you know, especially um in our lives, you know, that sort of um button, that mantra, that that sort of mindset that like, okay, well, regardless of whatever, yep. I'm gonna get it. That's how I feel, you know what yep. I mean? Every time I go on stage, every time I do my podcast, I just want it to be good. I want to be excellent. I want to represent the culture in a way that I feel that, you know, people like people be like, yo, that's my thing. That's yep. my man. That's yep. whatever. You do that. Yeah. Like you come so authentically you on the radio, so authentically you on stage. Like your special is going to be crazy. Thank you, man. And you can you gotta do two two shows. 
yeah. back to back. Yeah. Don't do that goofy shit you did the first time. No. That, that doesn't, <laughs> this motherfucker, this motherfucker. One and done. This motherfucker's like, did I say it? I don't know. <laughs> so, nephew Tommy, you're going to shoot two shows back to back. Two shows you're back gonna to back. You're going to wear the same outfit. Yep. And you're going to do phenomenal because you are ready. Thank you, And brother. let me tell you something. There is no testimony without the test. Oof. Well, brother, brother, <laughs> that <we're>, part. <laughs> listen to what I just the said. Test. There is no testimony without the test. The fact that you have been through all the things you've been through, mm -hmm. your your um your your reps, your dexterity, your perseverance. Yo, when you get on that stage for this special, bro, it's gonna be a problem. Yeah. Because you ready. And I, I really believe that. And I'm 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 ordaining it today. I'm gonna manifest it because what I what I'm feeling right here in this room, which is church-like, is like, yo, man, not only did God bless you, you are humble enough to accept the gift he gave you. Yeah. And you in acknowledging it. So now the blessings moving forward is gonna be more than you can imagine. Yeah. And Steve Harvey gave me one. I'm going to give a shout out to my big bro. <laughs> he hit me with this shit, man. Steve, every now and Steve, I be thinking Steve should have a church. <laughs> so I, I swear to God. It's possible. <laughs> listen to me. Steve Harvey will hit you with some shit sometime. It might make you cry, but it's going to motivate you. He almost like a coach past the <laughs> brother, right? He said, Bill, let me tell you something about God. You know, he do all this shit, right? He said, your imagination it's just a preview for your life. Come on. He said, why would God put that in your brain if it wasn't possible? Mm. It'll be in somebody else's brain. I was like, what? Yeah. And I never forgot that because I was like, damn, that's true. Like, why would if I If you can that? think it. It can happen. It can happen. He said, it's just a preview. It's a snapshot. Yep. And so the fact, I'm sharing this with you, and I'm sure you probably heard something similar from Steve, is that our imaginations is our imagination is our sauce, yeah. right? Yeah. You imagined something years ago. You imagined theater. Your your first imagination was theater. Yeah. Like, you know, Othello. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You're like, but you was in front of people. Yep. You didn't know that that snapshot was going to bring you all the way. But the beauty is it was your imagination. Yes. And so the people that are watching and listening, I just want you to understand your imagination is your magic. Do not let one person on the planet turn you from that. Turn your imagination off. Your imagination is your magic. Mm. Go all out in your dreams. Go all out in what you see. It don't matter how you can do it. Yep. You ain't got to know that. And we are examples of that. You know what I'm saying? I like it. We, we, comedy is our sauce, right? But being in front of people, Saving lives through laughter. Yeah. You know, saving your own life, not giving up on yourself, mm -hmm. not letting that adversity make you quit. You was like, I just want to talk. Like, like, like yeah. now, like talking yeah. is like, you ain't even saying running now. Duh. Like, can I talk? Duh. I just want to talk. Let me tell you something. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you something, Bill. Because cause while I'm in the hospital, I can't talk. Right. So I got can't this. Say shit. I can't say shit. <laughs> so I got this marker and this this wax board so I can. Write down what the, what the hell I want to say. Mm -hmm. The craziest shit is to be arguing with your wife. She can talk, and you trying to write the <laughs> shit. You know what I'm saying? And she she cussing me out. I'm like, when I, when I can talk, I swear to God, I swear to God, I'm going to say some shit to you. Right. <laughs> you know? But every time you start talking, she erase it. <laughs> I ain't trying to hear that shit. <laughs> uh, 
So now, but just to go through all of this, man. Yes, sir. Now I can hit the stage yes. with cancer jokes. Yeah. And 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 just I just bring the I just flip it and bring the funny out of the thing out of the journey that I went but, through. But but this is this is the beauty of life. And I'm gonna shout out TC Cope with this shit. TC Cope hit me with this comedian, one of my brothers um out of Nashville. Comedians be having some prophetic shit sometimes. He said, Life write the script. We don't. There it is. And I, that is. I will never forget that. He said, Bill, life write your script. You don't. Mm -mm. So when we go through these things and we, we you know, raising our kids, this, that, and the other, cancer, um, adversity, it gives us shit we, we wouldn't even have. Yeah. You yeah. wouldn't even know. You don't, wouldn't even have the reference point. Dog, no earthly idea, man. No earthly idea. I, I, I would not be able to pull from this had I not gone through it. There's no way. And, and real recognize real. And this is, this is what I love about doing the podcast. It's like, you don't know how many people that are going to listen and watch you and be inspired by you, bro. Yeah. Because you are literally a walking miracle, too. You're talented, too. You're a black man that's doing his thing, living his dream. There's so many things that you're doing right now to me that is just amazing, right? And I'm glad that you took the time to come kick it with your boy. Yeah, man. Y'all don't know tonight we on stage. <laughs> tonight we turning the hell up. Eric Crown sold Air out. Crown sold out. It's Sweetie's Day. You know, y'all don't even know what that is. See, we don't even. <laughs> only in Chicago would they Side. make up some shit. <laughs> we need. I thought it was Sweet Tea Day at first. No. no. I was like, hey, everybody drink Sweet Tea? Sweetest Day. But they day. was like, no, Bill, is Sweet Tiss. Yep. It's sweetest day. Well, you know. Only black but, but Chicago got some different shit for you, though. Period. Yeah. And so for people who don't know what sweetest day is, basically a day where supposedly the man is getting, like, his Valentine's Day. Yeah. We don't get shit. Man. Okay? I've never got anything. You, you, you might get a tap on the back. You might get a donut. Exactly. So you ain't know. Uh, <laughs> I want to ask you really quick before, you know, you have to go and all that stuff. Sure. Who were your five influences before 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 you became Nephew Tommy, before the Ramada Inn? Mm -hmm. Who were some people that you looked up and said, man? My father. Bam! Yeah. Mr. Miles. Mr. Ma, my pops. <laughs> my pops, he, uh, he passed away in 2015, but my pops. So listen, man, when I was a kid, mm -hmm. uh, um, and you, you talk about my characters, right. my father, when you, I used to ride around with him in his truck, and my dad my dad was the kind of dad that, uh, in the summertime, I'm with him. Okay. This is it. You with me, motherfucker. We rolling. Right. So, um, so when we would ride around, man, my pops would imitate people. And he would do, you know, back, you know, from his era, he would do, uh, 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 Lawrence Welk. He would do Martin Luther King. He would do uh, John F. Kennedy, Moms Mabley. He was he could he was sound just like. Are you serious? Freaking identical. You getting a free show? Oh my God! So I'll be listening. <laughs> so so I'm I'm like, wow! How can he do all these people? Right. Right. So, um, I had I had several scholarships to go to to go to go to college, and. You know, a couple of them, I, I could go run track if I wanted to, and uh, and my my pops, his whole family, they was they were sports, they was they was they were athletes, and man, I'm I'm uh, I chose a theater scholarship, Texas A&M. I I really didn't think that that I chose what he wanted. I didn't think that. Right. So I'm getting ready to pull out of the driveway, and it's time for me to you know they bought me a nice little pickup truck, and I'm getting ready to drive to school. Okay. And my <laughs> father is crying. And I'm like, yo, Pops, I'm, I'm just 100 miles, man. I'll be back. He's like, no. Nah, you got my dream. 
What? He said, what? He said, I was a, I was a theater major at Texas Southern University. He said, but I had to quit going to school to help my mother and father because I had nine siblings and I had to help them. Oh my God, bro. And he said, you got my dream. I said, you were a theater major? He said, I said, you ain't never said nothing about that. Wow. So dude, I'm driving to school and I'm crying like a motherfucker. <laughs> Yo, so, that's deep. So now I'm like, I can't fuck this up. <laughs> <laughs> I can't fuck this up. I'm rolling with my daddy's dream. You don't fuck this don't up. Fuck it and don't up. fuck up his pickup. I just got it for you. Oh, me, shit. Which, which, one of you, which was one of your dad's favorite characters that you would do? Oh, man. Um, um, God. There was this. There was this would he would like, would he be in the truck with y'all? Y'all like, give me paint the picture for me. How would he do it? Oh shit, man. My pops was in it. My pops would be in the in the in the um uh, in the truck just doing some shit, man. Just, you know, he he'll he'll go to uh, John F. Kennedy. Ask not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. And then he'd flip over and then the motherfucker rolled a mom's maybe. He was just a bunch of damn people in his head. So your dad, you was, know? Your dad was your dad had multiple personalities. He was beast mode. <laughs> <laughs> he was trying to set, he trying to lightweight till his dad was on medication. Okay, cool. <laughs> I mean, my dad was on medication. It's all good. Oh shit. So, 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 the, so, as my grandmother would say, uh -huh. the uh, the chip doesn't fall far from the block. That's like an old, you know, yeah. saying like where you know it's in you naturally. Yeah. So, the beauty of what you are doing now is your father. Yeah. You are him. Moving forward, you are you embody all that he gave you. Mm -hmm. That's a beautiful thing. I don't know yeah. if you're looking at it like that. Yeah. Because that is absolutely astounding. And like what you were talking about earlier, like when my pops passed, I bar we buried him on Thursday. Mm -hmm. I was on stage Saturday. I jumped right back in it. <sighs> That's jumped, our therapy. I jumped, I jumped right back in it. And it, I felt so good, yeah. you know, to just explode on stage. Let me tell you. I'm going to just be honest right now. You just remind me. It's like the thing that I miss about my dad, you know, most is the conversations, right? Yeah. So my family, my family's Southern, right? They're from the South and shit, right? So, like, <laughs> I would call, my dad was always astounded by everything. Yeah. Everything I did my, was, was, it was oh, oh, my God. My, my dad be like, boy, you up in that sky? <laughs> boy, you be on them planes. Boy, you don't know, you, you don't never be scared, huh? <laughs> you know how high you are? Yeah. Man, it's up there. Man. And I'm like, Dad, what you talking about? Boy, what, what if something happened? Yeah. What you going to do? Yep. Like, my dad was so funny. Like, That's like, like, if we, if we, like, my, my pops was the same way. Like, if we go on a cruise, my, <laughs> we go on a cruise, my dad, like, you know, you can't drink all that water now. You can't, <laughs> can't drink that water, boy. Man, old school fathers <laughs> are hilarious. Like, I do characters on my, in my set that's really technically my dad, but I don't tell people. Right. Because my dad is so funny. Like, and my dad used to always, like, bug out on how many famous people I know, right? Yeah. I would never forget, I was at, I was at my dad's house and my mom was alive at the time and, and Magic called me, right? Mm -hmm. So Magic, Magic <laughs> called me up. I said, he said, boy, who that? I said, Magic Johnson. He said, you lying. <laughs> Magic call you or you call him? I said, daddy, you talking about the Lake of Magic? He called, what he say? What his voice sound like? Like, like my dad was a, bro, my dad, boy, my dad, was so bugged out, like, cause he was, cause he's a country boy. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I'll never forget when um, I'm gonna give you a perfect example. When I did Def Comedy Jam mm -hmm. and Martin Lawrence was hosting, 
my dad, he came, my mom and dad was on the back. They came to see, they met Bernie and all these different people, right? My, boy, my dad said, boy, Martin said your name. <laughs> I ain't know you. <laughs> dad, <laughs> I'm somebody too. Well, I'm just saying Martin Big now. <laughs> so so um, did your dad, did your dad ever, did your dad um, give you one of those moments where you was like, kind of like, where he was like, yo, my dad like, he fucking dig what I'm doing. Like, yeah, did he, man. Did he give you one? Yeah, man. He was. He was like, <laughs> "Boy, you on that radio every morning, ain't you?" I was like, "Yeah, I'm on that radio." So he's he was like the prank. He he's like he, my dad was my biggest fan, right? Okay. So he loved the prank phone calls, but right. he loved this one freaking prank bill. Right. One prank where I called this guy and asked him, "Can I have his kidney?" Right. Right. And this is a church guy, and this dude just cusses me smooth fuck out, and my pops. <laughs> My pops made me. In the name me, of Jesus, he cussed you out. Made me put this prank on a CD. That one prank over and over, like 30 times. So he's just riding around in his truck all day. Listen to that one fucking prank, dude. Because he's like, this is, and listen to my boy. This is my boy. This is my boy. My boy. My boy on there with Steve Hawk. Listen to my boy. My boy. That's my boy. My you boy on there with Steve Hawk. My son, Thomas Miles. <laughs> listen, man, I, I, I so appreciate you coming by and. I'm glad that you opened up with us and shared your journey with us, yep. man. You're an incredible talent, incredible man. Um, I just wanted to give, uh, we have a wonderful production team behind us. You got can an we, incredible can team, we, can, we, can we give Thomas Miles, a.k.a. Nephew Tommy, his flowers? Let's give him a round of applause. <laughs> T, thank you. Thank you for being on my podcast, bro. Thank you for Thank having you me, man. Thank you so much. Thank you for just being who you are, man. And tonight, we're going to kill that. We're going to kill Let's it, bro. Let's get him. Let's you get ready? it, baby. Thank you for stopping by. Right, One more time. <laughs> Nephew Tommy in the building. Let's go. Let's go. Milk is chilling. This is chilling. What more can I say? Top villain. Top